To Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 244. We're going to be doing something a little bit different this week. We're going to be doing two movies from horror, mostly horror directors that are doing action films like sci-fi action, post-apocalyptic films of the 80s. So we're going to be watching Raiders of Atlantis from 1983 and Warriors of the Year 2072 from 1984. That's right. So two movies that just came out on Severin, by the way, guys. So if you pre-ordered them, you probably got them in. You might be able to follow along with us about these two. Um, I will say that one of these I liked more than the other. Uh, Way more. And it's surprising because I hear so many people talk about one of these movies like so fondly. And, and I had a good time with both of these movies, but one of them definitely takes the cake. Definitely. So, but uh, how are you doing, Christina? What's going on with you? I'm good. We have a five-year anniversary coming up. That's right. Do we know what we're doing for our podcast fifth anniversary? Uh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know we're doing a giveaway, so if you guys haven't signed up to the longlivethevoid.com, uh, there's a section for the VIP club section. It's also on the front of the page if you want to sign up for there. We're doing a box of movies and a gift card and stuff like that. I'll post a picture on social media this week. I promise. Yeah. So how many movies we got so far in there? How are were oh, we able shit. to fit in the I, box? I forget. There's Blu-rays and DVDs in there. Nothing that I wouldn't want to watch myself, by the way, guys. Like, everything in there is something that I enjoy. Alex hand-selected them. Yes. And we argued about it. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I wanted to give you a little bit of both. And some of these things you can't even get on Blu-ray that are only on DVD. So it's like, that's the way it goes sometimes. When you're a collector, you got to collect all all fucking, everything. you know, every format. Because you're if you don't, then you won't be able to get it some places, you know. Right. There's some, some places you can only get 1080p online. And we're also doing a... A live stream on Twitch. Yes, we're going to watch a movie uh, with you guys and do commentary on it and uh, have a celebration for that so that you guys can... Uh so mark your calendars for Monday, August 9th. Yes, we'll be uh, we'll be doing that. We'll, we might have to do a test run of it sometime before then, but yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> we're not sure what movie we want to watch, but if you guys have some suggestions, we're open to them. Um, you Let know, us may know. Maybe we'll do a poll or something like that. It'll be on our twitch.tv forward slash Deacon Rain. That's D-E-K-O-N-R-E-I-G-E. 
H-N. So Deacon Rain is what I go by on my Twitch handle. I have forever. It's like your gamer name. Yeah, it's I've had that name for a long, long, long time. It was Kill the Alex before that, so. Uh Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, I hope you guys join us. Uh, Follow us up on the Twitch. We do it Monday through Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday right now, although we might be just keeping it to, to Wednesday and Saturday after we do this um anniversary thing here in a couple of weeks so august 8th will be five fucking years i've been doing this podcast non-stop yes you have everything that's involved too like there's a lot you do it all <laughs> well you help too what are you talking about <laughs> she does a lot of the the, the pictures for the sh- the uh, horror shots and uh some of the posts that we have for some of the videos and stuff like the physical media which someone said something really funny to me to us the other day oh that we're showing off our dvds <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i was like wait a second dude wait i wanted to say something but i was like this is like a that that there's bait yeah it totally was bait <laughs> but he was like i'm not gonna say who it was but they said oh i can't believe people are still showing off their dvd collections and i'm like it's not, we're not really showing it yeah, off. Sorry, gatekeeper. <laughs> like, <laughs> we weren't even really showing it off. We were just, we do it with every movie yeah, that we watch. We, you guys watched that movie that week. Right. So I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to post the DVD. I wanted to post something snarky, but I just, I held back. She wouldn't I let know, me. It was really hard for you, I know. She wouldn't let me. I'm very proud of you for ignoring that. <laughs> they don't even follow us, so it doesn't even matter. But Exactly. It was just big. I just thought that was like, really, really, it's, it's almost kind of like, hey, look at what I've got. Like, that's what they were trying to do because i did go to their page and and they sold all of their blu-rays just so they could have 4k i'm spoiler alert for all you collectors out there we all know that most of the movies aren't all on 4k yet (laughs) especially all of them and a lot of people can't afford 4k right dude i mean i'm i'm glad that someone's collecting congratulations dude but i think it might be that time what time is it horse shots All right, guys, so we decided to pick one of the movies, of course, like we always do for our horror-themed shot, for horror shots, of course. And uh, that is that we picked Warriors of the Year 2072, which has about 70 different names, I think, that you can yeah, I saw that. call it. I think it's even called Rome 2033. Uh, do they know what year they're even in? I don't, oh. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anybody knew where... What year? It was. Did it come out in eighty four or was it two thousand thirty three? <laughs> We're seeing this from the future. Anyway, there's a guy who's in some S and M sort of Nazi gear <laughs> in this movie. They call them pylons or pyrons or something. Mm-hmm. Pyrions or something. Is that what they call I them? Don't, I don't remember. Pyrions. Imperions. Maybe that's, that's what it was. That sounds Nazi. <laughs> I don't know, but they, they're wearing like basically like the getup of like bad guys, you know, because they're, they're supposed to be bad guys. They're these guards that keep all these prisoners who fight against each other in like a running man style event. Uh, and, uh, he uses this magic stick. Literally, they call it the magic, magic stick. stick. And you it's know not, that 50 cents. No, song I'm not talking kid. 50 cents. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. His isn't green, okay? And if it is, he needs to get his shit checked out. <laughs> so in the movie, like, he uses this to sort of stun people. I don't know what it does, honestly. It just 
checks them when they're like bad, you know? Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> so he was like, go ahead, hit me with your magic stick. And I was like, Jesus, what's happening in here? Christina <laughs> took video of it because we were laughing about it. Yeah, it was funny. I'll post that. <laughs> so what is in a magic stick, Christina? Well, we have half a sour apple pucker, right? So half a shot. And then we're back to, you know, 99 liqueur. Oh, yeah, but we haven't done this one in a while. Right. And we're doing watermelon. Yeah, so is it half and half? Half and half, and then a splash of fireball on top. Splash, yeah, I can't imagine it being good with the... I know, like if it was like a third or something. Too much, yeah. yeah. I think it's just to have a little kick, just like the magic stick, you You know know, what I'm saying? That's a lot of different flavors. It kind of smells good. I'm going to take this shot because I fucked up my whole 30, Okay. so I need alcohol. (laughs) All right, well, I'm taking it with you. Okay. By the way, before you take this shot, if you're doing it with somebody else, you have to repeat one of the lines in the movie, and that is... Go to hell. I would if it would make my ratings go higher. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. It's actually not bad. I don't know. I kind of like oh. it. It's literally. It's really sweet. <laughs> it's very sweet. It tastes like a um, like one of those lollipops you get at the dentist's office. Yeah, you might want to cool it, like Ugh. actually, like chill it. Yeah, it'd be serve it cold. chilled. So we'll just add that to it, just because I can tell you right now, it's lukewarm is not uh, the way to drink it. That's really sweet. Well, it was cold. Yeah, but (laughs) it needs to be chilled for sure. Um, But yeah, so if you would like to try a magic stick, all you got to do is go down to 50 Cent's house and uh, get... Oh, uh, all you have to do is go to (laughs) longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys, so now we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of our Lords of the Apocalypse Mahaha. with Raiders of Atlantis from 1983 and Warriors of the Year 2072 from 1984. And we're going to go ahead and do that right now. Right, Raiders of Atlantis, aka Atlantis Interceptors, aka <laughs> Atlantis in your behind. No, there's like 50 <laughs> names for each of these guys. We're not going to go through them all. We're going to go by the ones that those Severin the did. Two, yeah, those are like the two like, main ones. There's the Italian version. There is there is a lot of names for these movies that they really tried to sell them on. So I just hope you understand. We don't want to read them all. <laughs> All right. A team of scientists working to raise a sunken Russian nuclear submarine on an ocean platform off the coast of Miami, Florida, unearth an ancient Atlantean relic from the seafloor and bring in an expert to make some sense of it. Tagline. (laughs) Adventure beyond the end of time. Ooh. That's some spice thrown in, huh? Just a little. Okay. Directed by Ruggiero Diodato, who has done such films as Hercules, Prisoner of Evil, Jungle Holocaust. Which is a nasty film, I heard. I'm not interested. A Cannibal Holocaust. Do you know that that one movie? Yeah, it's another one. Yeah. And House on the Edge of the Park and many more. This film was written by Tito Carpi. (laughs) Tito. Is it Tito? The way you say it. Tito. Sorry. Very white. 
<laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it's very, it's very uh, American. American, yeah. yeah. Tito. Tito. Isn't that what that, uh. Tito. Isn't there a, uh, <laughs> isn't there a vodka called like Tito's vodka? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. It's just how you say it. I don't know. Sorry. Tito Carpi. Uh huh. Carpi? Carpi's fine. Okay. Who has written such films as Warriors of the Wasteland, Tentacles from 1977, and Jungle Holocaust. Mm hmm. Which I had just mentioned. This was also written by Vincenzo Menino. Who has written films like Sweet House of Horrors? Love 19, that one, actually. 1989. He did uh, that with uh, Lucio Fulci as well as oh. the New York Ripper that you were about to mention. Yep, that's what I was going to mention. <laughs> and Co- uh, Cobra Mission 2. Ooh, Cobra Mission 2. Holy shit. <laughs> and then this movie is starring Christopher Conley, who plays Mike. Yes, Mike he- Jones. Yep. He was in Benji. From 1974. Oh, no shit. That's what he was from? Yeah. Yeah. Benji. You know, the one about the dog and, like, the, the kid gets kidnapped. Anyway. I watched it as a kid. Yeah. Um, He was also in Manhattan Baby. Which is a Fulci film. Fulci film. He was also in Airwolf, the TV series. And he was also in Strike Commando. I, was he in Strike Commando too? He must have been. Uh, I don't remember seeing it. Probably. Because he's... I think, oh, okay. Yeah. Cause Severin sells those too. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm kind of tempted to get those as well because uh-huh. they just seem so... Cheesy. Yeah. I love cheesy action. Yes, so you do. So like, you know, fun for us to do this. All right. Also starring Gioia. <laughs> do you want me to just say it you here? Just okay. Say it. Uh, it's Gioia Scola. Thank you. Who played Dr. Kathy? You want me you want me to continue? Or? Just continue. Drive Do- me nuts. Dr. Kathy Rollins is an Italian actress in a ton of Italian films uh, and Obsession. A taste of fear. <laughs> That's why you wanted to read it. Yeah. Can uh, you read this one? Also starring Tony King. Is that American enough for Shut you? Shut up. <laughs> Are you related? I'm just kidding. He he played uh he played Mohammed Washington. But it's not really sure which name he was, so we'll get into that later. Right. Uh, he was in Shaft, you know, the mm-hmm. movie. And then he was also in The Godfather and Cannibals in the Streets. 1980. Lots of cannibal movies in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's Rogero Diodato, maybe. And then we have Ivan Razumov, mm-hmm. who plays Bill Cook. He was in Shock, which we've watched. Yeah. Um, Sacrifice, Don't Wait, Django Shoot from 1962. Seven. Seven, I'm sorry. Dyslexia. You wrote it. Dyslexia. <laughs> Don't make fun of it. All right. It's not fun. Couldn't find a budget on this movie. And Alex, what did you think about this movie? Okay, so first off, this is the movie that got me interested in buying anything at all. I just had a little extra money and wanted to get something else. There was three movies that I could have gotten, and I decided to get this one and uh, Warriors of 2072, which is the Fulgy film. Now, Gotta own all the Fulci films. When I saw the trailer for the Raiders of Atlantis, I was like, holy shit, this is going to be gold. And in some degrees, it has some gold flakes in there, but it's just a weird movie. <laughs> and not just because it has Atlantis in it, but because it's just fucking weird. Like, the movie is in a big time hurry. From start to finish. And I don't mean that like, oh, it was fast paced. It's like in a hurry, in a, there's not really much making sense of anything going on. No backstories, no nothing. We don't have time for any of that. Okay. (laughs) It's just ready to get to the end from start to finish. Like they were trying to make a movie in a rush. And there is a lot going on in this movie and a lot of stuff that's going on in the background and a lot of relationships that 
just basically form on a dime, like instantly. Hey, what are you doing here? Well, I'm trying to get out of here. Well, let's team up. Okay, sounds good. And then it's... <laughs> there's zero backstory on these people either. That's the fucked up thing. Right. So you don't feel anything for them, right? I mean, it's still fun, but there's zero reason why these people are friends. Just like, hey, you, we're friends now. <laughs> like, let's shoot punks. Are they from Atlantis? <laughs> Yes, they are. Let's shoot them. And that's the other thing that they do in this movie. It's like they have this like weird dialogue. Are they like, are they from Atlantis? It's a good day to die. You know, like they <laughs> just throw in these like stupid phrases and shit. Looks like it's going to be trouble. We may have to run it. I've been running my whole life. <laughs> so is this film, buddy. So is this film. Lots of camaraderie, but it doesn't exactly quite land kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It would probably land better if we had any kind of history on these people whatsoever. Right. So if if you don't want to be bothered by elaborate characters or characters that dress like characters while the main guy who's just a guy runs around like a hero out of breath, this may be good for you. And that guy gives no fucks whatsoever about anyone who dies, by the way. Which is even more interesting. <laughs> like, you may love it for that reason alone, but there is lots of bullets, practically no wounds. You know, there's very few wounds. They just a lot of people falling over, mm-hmm. pretending to be shot, I guess. You see some gore, you know, after a few comical deaths that they have in there, including an arrow to the mouth, which is pretty funny, or throat, I should say. The This movie is definitely more concerned with just a few one-liners than it is about making the movie seem like it has something to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to put it down that much. I mean, I know that there's people who absolutely love this movie, but this is my first time watching it, and I was hoping this to be the best mm-hmm. out of the two. It's just, you know, one nonstop action scene to the next, from car to helicopter, from helicopter to car, from car to helicopter, <laughs> from helicopter to bus, <laughs> and from bus to helicopter, and, they, and then don't the, forget about the submarine, and then bikes and submarines and helicopters. There's just a lot. Wasn't there a tank? It feels honestly. I felt like there was just too much. Yep. And that's weird because it's like for an action film, is there even such a thing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I guess like after you see a bunch of people pretending to fall over multiple times over and over and over again just hordes of people kind you know running into bullets you kind of go eh. I, I think i saw some people get hurt that was kind of interesting mm-hmm. like there's one guy on a motorcycle that like kind of looked like he's his foot got trapped and he and it broke or something mm-hmm. snapped in in like live <laughs> camera so i don't know that might be cool to look, check out for us so look out for that um but yeah it's just like let's get on to the next batch of guys nothing can stop us <laughs> You know, you're not even worried about it. Like, right. you know what I mean? That's the thing. And then when someone dies, it's like, oh, shit, Franklin died. Ah, it's a good day to die. You know, like <laughs> stupid shit. <laughs> or we do finally get to see Atlantis, which is very underwhelming. <laughs> Isn't it just a dome? It's just a fucking island that they picked that has nothing to it. Like right. literally rocks. Just no, there's there's trees on it. There's green shit, but there's no like pyramids or, you know, like structures that you would think. Like, where do these people live when they were, you well, know? And they explained it away too. They must not have, you know, cared about that kind of thing back in millions of years ago. I'm like, <laughs> no, they cared. Yeah. Come on. Um, but you know, maybe that's just part of the charm of the movie. 
Oh, and by the way, the Atlanteans all look like S&M punk kids who are like trying to attack them for no reason. They look like 80s punk kids. Yeah, it's which is kind of cool, right? Like right. like if it was like a a warriors type movie or if it was like fucking escape from New York or something like that, that would be mm-hmm. kind of cool, right? I wouldn't have any problem with that. Right. But it just it doesn't completely deliver on everything. And then when you get to Atlantis, it's like the quickest part of the whole fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just like Nothing screams Atlantis at this part, by the way. Right. It's just like, wait, so let me get this straight. So for thousands and hundreds of thousands of years, Atlantis has existed and they have the exact same technology and hairdos and vehicles as us (laughs) over the past 40 years that this technology has been out. (laughs) Have they always been in contact it's, with us? Like, what's going on here? It's funny, too, because this movie takes place in 1994. I mean... Which is weird. Well, that... Yeah, 1994, Miami, by the way. Yeah. Which, you know, obviously... I mean, I'm not... I'm I'm being kind of harsh because I was expecting it to be silly. Right, you know right. what I mean? You can't exactly just, like, provide Atlantis for, you know, back in the 80s for, you know... Right. Like, it's not that simple. Like, even fucking, like, what was it? Clash of the Titans... You know, which is just this amazing stop motion animation and miniatures thing. Right. You know, like they do miniatures and I think in this and they do it in the, yeah, the next, movie the next too. movie more so. So, and Italians know their miniatures pretty well, I'd say with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say that this movie probably is like a 4.5 out of 10 at most, maybe a four. Like I still enjoyed parts of it. It's not a bad watch, but I wouldn't make this the only movie you watch that night. Mm-hmm. So it is yeah. a little, it is a little like, it feels like the movie goes by so quick, which you would think normally that that would be a good thing. But when you realize that you're finally in Atlantis and there's only seven minutes left of the movie, <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? This is a ripoff. You know what I mean? Right. But the history and the stories and the trivia and shit on this movie, when we get into that, will help explain some of this, uh, you know, because there wasn't a lot of work done on this. And they did do some pretty big things for this movie that, you know, maybe it didn't like translate well for f- the viewing experience, but still they did a, a feat nonetheless Mm -hmm. what about you christina the entire movie was a count and mouse chase the entire thing (laughs) and there was fighting the whole time the whole time it was just like fight scenes yeah there was literally like like two minutes of talking and then it'd be like gunfire for 10 15 minutes i took a little nap in in one of the gun fights which i think was about 10 minutes (laughs) (laughs) i'm not kidding yeah they were it was really long but then there's like these occasional like death scenes that were really cool, but it just didn't. Yeah, like, they're sprinkled the in there. Yeah, and like you said, like the characters. I mean, you really it didn't really make any sense to me. Um, the story didn't make any sense to me. I I don't really understand what was going on. Sure, the biker gang or the Raiders of Atlantis. They didn't look threatening or scary, like, at all. I mean, they kind of did. I don't know. I guess it just... Well, that's because you're part of the fucking underground scene, like, part of the fucking subculture. Yeah, I know, but you should make... I don't know. They could have made them more scary. They're punks. They're mad. They could have made them more, like, Atlantean or something, because, I don't know, I was thinking Little Mermaid. Like, if they all wore, like, bubble helmets or something like that? That would have been funny. They would have made them fish people or something. (laughs) Right? They couldn't afford to do that. 
Oh, they could have. That's the thing that something. was disappointing. I think the most about this film is that you want to see more like crazy deaths, and you really only get like three. There good was ones. there was one cool scene which I really enjoyed, and which probably inspired a lot of other movies because it's like. It was that. Also, do you want to s- no, sort of I, be specific, but not say what happened? It had to do with a motorcycle and a guy getting. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we'll say it later on, but that scene was probably it was the only good scene in the movie. It was movie. so quick, though. These are just such brief. Yeah, but things. it had to because because now if you think about it, that had to have inspired other movies to do that type of thing. I don't think it was the first. Oh, I don't know, but. Yeah, that scene didn't save the movie for me. Oh my god, it was really hard to get through this one. I gave it a two out of ten. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And it was slow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was it was slow, it but it was it's not slow. It's just there's just so many repetitive deaths. Oh, it almost feels like you're rewatching some of the same deaths over and over. Right. You know, I don't know how to explain it. Like it doesn't. There's nothing, nothing fancy and about they, some of the deaths. They insert these scenes that make no sense. They're like trying to paint a picture, and it's not drawing well. I don't <laughs> it's know. Not painting well. <laughs> the pi- the picture, the painting isn't drawing. God damn it! <laughs> so what did you give it? Two. A two out of ten seems about fair. So we we pretty much give it like about a two. Or a three out of ten uh, for the both of us. So that's probably be, probably what most people would consider it to be. Unless you're like, you know, action fans of this stuff. This is really not going to appeal to you that much, honestly. Right. I know that there are people that are fans of this. And maybe it's because they saw it when they were younger. And there is some, there is a lot of stuff that they do in this movie that you're like, holy shit. There's a lot of helicopters. There's a yeah. lot of scenes Ex- and stuff like that they, they were able to pull off for this. Expensive like, shit. No budget movie. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you you have to give it some credit, but I don't think it's one that I would pull off the shelf and be like, you got to see this. Right. Like, it's just not one of those films. Not at all. It's what it's what I was hoping. And maybe I set up my expectations too high for it. But I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Have you seen this movie before? This is one of those movies that never really got the attention in the U.S. because it wasn't very popular uh, and they didn't get the distribution out here like they did so we're we're only getting to see it through like generations of stuff that we might have seen like obviously it was on dvd and stuff like that but this wasn't in one of the more popular ones Mm -hmm. so but we do have some uh, trivia on this and i'll go over that with you now if you don't want anything spoiled of course you can follow the timestamps down below and listen to our spoiler free discussion of the next film warriors of the year 2072 but if you don't mind if anything's spoiled, here's your warning. So the song in the movie Black Inferno is by Oliver Onions. Uh-huh. Pretty famous for doing a lot of that funk disco sort of like Terrence Hill stuff. Like, I don't know how to explain it. There was like, they used it in a bunch of different stuff. This wasn't the only thing that they did. They did it in something in Terrence Hill. Uh-huh. can't remember what it was called. That's pretty much the only song they really play in this movie other than the score, right? Yeah, pretty much. But they play it a lot. Yeah. So this was a few years after Cannibal Holocaust released, which, you know, he also directed uh, Ruggiero Diodato, and many producers thought of him as a troublesome director because of it, because, you know, that got a lot of hate. They thought that he actually killed somebody. Oh, my God. They they, they filmed murder and shit like that. Oh, like faces of death. Yeah, this was like some pretty crazy shit back then. 
So one of the producers who knew him, they were like, oh, he's just a really hard worker. He's just really good at his craft. Mm -hmm. So they hired him to do more and didn't have any issues with it. And Mondo Amati, which the Amati family was a big production company that would do a lot of production films and things like that with Fulci as well. Uh, and Ruggiero Diodato, as many as, as many Italian, uh, you know, maestros. Uh-huh. So this film in particular was one of the first films he produced in, uh, Manila, Philippines for the first lady of the Philippines. Oh. Yeah. They oh. wanted the, 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 the family wanted to start making films oh. from the Philippines. Okay. And to bring traffic to their country. Mm-hmm. And because they were, a lot of Italian directors were using this setting. That's why we have so many of those cannibal movies and shit like that. Oh. Jungle Holocaust and right. all this other shit. There's just been a lot of, you know, even, um, what was it? The Apocalypse Now was shot in fucking Philippines, you know? Oh. A lot of the same spots that, you know, Ruggiero Diodato has shot in have been the same sets that, you right. know. Apocalypse Now was shot and shit like that. Philippines was pretty big for that back then. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's cheap. Um, But she wanted to have a bunch of movies being made there. So they had this whole huge facility with, like, labs and everything that you would pretty much need, except for some minor things that Mm -hmm. only, like, real professionals would know is missing. Like, they didn't have dollies. They didn't have, you know, like, the train track sort of dolly work that you could do, like... All this different stuff. So he was like, well, they have everything, but we just, their, their workers are kind of shit here. Mm-hmm. We have nobody to run this stuff and we're missing some gear. And Diodato was about to pull out and he went to fucking to the airport to get, you know, fly back. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I guess, you know, we'll just take an L on this one. And the first lady called him over the fucking intercoms mm-hmm. and had him come back. And the whole room was filled with like her workers. She was like, so I guess you're saying that my workers are not good workers. Mm -hmm. And she's like, that may be true. So here, we'll fix that. And she killed him. (laughs) She cut cut their heads off. The Philippines (laughs) is known for cutting people's heads off. Yeah, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Sorry. Terrible. I apologize. I was just trying to be funny. (laughs) Anyway. Uh. So basically, they basically hired him and he went back, got some people from Italy and got some workers to make this all happen. But they didn't have a huge budget for it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this wasn't a a lot of money, you know, but they wanted to make it happen for the first lady and for everybody, you know, to 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 make this just pop off. So we would have a place to, to to film a lot of movies, even to this day, I think, like. Bruno Mattier and like Ruggiero Diodato and a lot of Italians like to, they love shooting in like locations like this. Uh-huh. So it kind of behooved them to do it because, uh, you know, around the middle of the eighties is when Italian producers started cutting budgets and they weren't, it just wasn't as profitable in Italy. Right. It was more profitable elsewhere, mm-hmm. but not in Italy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ruggiero Diodato was like, yeah, that movie, this movie came from that practically nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's so many fans of this film, he said. Diodato admits that some of the movie has some pretty bad plot holes and, you know, need a lot more work. Mm-hmm. But he is amazed with what came out of it. 
with how rushed and how little they had mm -hmm. and how they made it work, you know, because there's a lot of different things in this movie they wouldn't have been able to add had it not been for favors and all this other shit. So mm -hmm. Tony King, who played uh, Muhammad, a.k.a. Washington, mm -hmm. said he was good friends with Chris Connolly, who played the other guy, Mike Jones. Mm -hmm. who passed away in 1988 from lung cancer, by the way. Right. So not too long after this movie came out, a few years. Mm -hmm. But he said that he and Connolly just hit it off right away. Oh, that's good. And they were just like, you know, fast friends, like mm -hmm. really quick. And he was like, man, I miss, I miss uh, Chris, man. You know, you could tell he was like, really enjoying watching the movie when I was listening to the to the behind the scenes mm -hmm. and he wasn't paying attention to the guy that was actually like asking him questions mm -hmm. because he was so hyper focused on the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh but he said he was also um the whole Muhammad Washington thing is part of his own personal changing because he was becoming uh, a person of belief of Islam. Mm -hmm. And he was at the time trying to just like kind of play with this like narrative about muhammad and washington i thought so right i mean they never explained it but you know there was something to more to it but they yeah i thought it was going to come back at the very end yeah. and him go it's fucking what it's it's washington not muhammad he was like ah gotcha <laughs> you know what i mean like he says it in reverse right like i thought they were going to do something like that like some looney tunes type shit right but it was just some weird improv that tony came up with mm -hmm. and never finished <laughs> So I don't know, but yes, he was he was trans uh, converting to mm -hmm. Islam at that time. Oh, okay. For those of you who don't know, he actually played uh, for the Buffalo Bills uh, in football and got his start in movie making, being a stuntman. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. oh, so cool. he did a bunch of different stuff, and then he just met the Italian guys, and they loved him. Right. And he just like got consistent work from them a lot, mm -hmm. and he you know he worked in all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. He'd been his own stuntman though for pretty much all these movies, like mm -hmm. you know whether it be American made or Italian made films, right. In the Philippines, he loved to travel too. So he was like, "I'm all for this." Because the guy was like, "What did you, did you so you didn't make much money?" He's like, "What'd you do it for?" He's like, "Oh, I just like to meet new people, you know, mm -hmm. and go travel the world and go do stuff together and you know have a good time and have an experience together." He's like, "That's why I did it." He's like, "The money wasn't really all that good." Mm -hmm. He's like, "But what came with it was." Right. So he really like wanted to experience the world, and he just enjoyed that. So he really liked working with the Italians on this. Mm -hmm. uh, so that oil rig out in the middle of the you know ocean, Ruggiero Diodato, uh, in that scene when they first land, he's up there with some other guy, and he's like, "Okay, you take care of it from here," and he right. goes down. That's the director. Oh, okay. You know, many years ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but his brother actually worked for that oil rig company. That's how they were able to get on And that's there. how they... I was see, wondering. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, these are the things that you would never... You know, that would have been stock footage, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Totally. Like, there's no way that you would have been able to, you know, afford... But they were le legit on it. Right. So, yeah. I mean, like, they, they didn't get... To, I don't think they got to shoot anywhere on the facility or anything like that. They just made a miniature uh -huh. of it when it gets washed away. And, oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> which is, you looks, mean they didn't wash it away? Yeah. They didn't knock <laughs> it over real? with a tidal wave? What? <laughs> You mean the Atlanteans didn't knock it over with their tidal wave? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for the uh, trivia. I mean, there was some other stuff that I just didn't think it was all that interesting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's this movie was held together with fucking, you know, 
shoestrings, guys. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's it's a really small movie. So whether you like it or not, you could at least marvel in the fact that they were able to get it done. Yeah, I, I do. You know, so like you, I don't know. I, I I appreciate that. You know, when as a someone that wants to make movies, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, more than I do the movie watch experience myself. But I still mm-hmm. like it, and I would like to collect all these apocalypse movies at some point in time. So I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, we'll do that maybe. Some of them are better than others, by the way, so don't worry. Did you have any scenes that you wanted to bring up right off the bat that start off this movie or what you were thinking about when the movie started? Like, were you excited about one thing and then it let you down? Or Well, I think it was funny. So, like, towards the beginning, you know, to get it going and they're introducing the, you know, two guys. Mm-hmm. But then once shit starts going down a little bit, there's this scene where this lady named Mary and her husband, like, walk out of their house and then all of a sudden, she gets hit with a dart in the neck. Oh! And she passes. She passes out. And it's ble- like a it's bleeding like a motherfucker. Yeah, and then the biker game just comes up out of nowhere. Dude, it hits her right in the Adam's apple, dude. Yeah, like in the Adam's apple. Yeah, dude. And her husband's like, Mary. Mary. <laughs> Yeah, and then they pan on the the biker gang, and they're just standing there with their guns. Don't they later go back to that spot where, and then like they tied the husband to the hood of the car or something like that? I'm like, why are they attacking them? Like, I don't understand. (laughs) He was completely useless. Yeah, like he didn't even want to do anything, and she must have just died. I guess. Yeah, she just. So that wasn't even just like knockout shit. That was straight fucking. Yeah, must have just poison. Murder dart or whatever. Murder dart. (laughs) Right in her thorax or whatever. I thought that that was weird and you did never even heard about either of them again right <laughs> i guess that was just them introducing the these these atlanteans i also thought it was really weird that we didn't know who mike and this muhammad guy were right like they're just kind of like running into a building <laughs> they, like miami vice style they, they literally kill people they're, they're not even like knocking them out they literally snap their necks okay <laughs> and shoot them in the head and stuff and then they go and they take this old man that they they put what do you call it when you chloroform yeah chloroform on a a towel and then knock him out they zip him up in a fucking body bag (laughs) well this is the other thing first and instead of going through the front door they go to the second floor above the front door so they could zip line him down yeah (laughs) i don't body bag it didn't make any sense so he carries his body from the the bottom floor the targets at the bottom floor and instead of carrying him out the door he carries them all the way up the stop steps and then all the way through the hallways and then ties them up to the zip line and yeah and the body slaps the ground real hard it was funny though that was funny but i'm like okay so these guys aren't necessarily bad guys they're they're well they're not necessarily good guys is they're what like, I'm thinking. I, I got the impression they're like contract killers. Right. Like, they're not good guys. But they happen to know everybody in the science community, by the way. Because, like... <laughs> because they probably have killed people for them. Yeah, they get, like, $50,000 for this job. And he's, like, from some guy who, like... I feel like they were going to make a whole series out of this whole fucking thing. Because this guy in the back of the car is mysterious. He's like, so are you going to ever show yourself, Mr. Businessman? Mm-hmm. And he was like, nope. He's like, all right, I guess I'll catch you next time. Is and- your address? Do, 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 do? Yeah, do he asked like, yeah, what was that all about? Is that, he know. doxed him on the he, fucking yeah, movie? Yeah, he must have. He looked him up on the internet. But in the middle of a movie, he doxed him? They were doing it back then, even. <laughs> he must have really not liked that actor. <laughs> 
Anyway, <laughs> stupid. Um, but yeah, then they go like fishing or whatever, and they're like having this camaraderie back and forth between uh, Mike Jones and fucking Muhammad or Washington, and they're like going on a fishing trip or something on their boat, and this helicopter circles around him, and he's like, "Oh, that must be someone I know." And but the helicopter circled around the thing for like ten minutes. It was like a ten minute scene of the fucking helicopter. Well, it's probably because they wanted to get as much footage of it as they could because Jesus. it costs too much money. Jesus Christ! Because that was like an expensive like heavy shot that's one of those like you know really expensive uh helicopters well, they should have had some people in the, in the foreground or something like talking know. you know it was just the helicopter but he had it happens Circling. to be the scientist who's going to the oil rig and then they go to the oil rig and they meet up with the scientist lady who's getting dropped off there by that helicopter with that other scientist Can i mentioned something about the female scientists in this movie okay they tr- they treat her like a child it bothered the fuck out of me. <laughs> she's a doctor, and she's she's like introducing herself as a doctor, and all the men, you know, she can't take care of herself because she's a fucking woman. Well, it is the eighties. They didn't. Oh, women Jesus. didn't know how to take care of themselves. Yeah, but she's a fucking doctor. It's a, it's a joke, Christine. Like Jesus. I was. You're like Sorry, yeah, I but was just like are you really? I was like really. Yeah, guys, I, really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but I, from what I hear, that 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 girl that that came on the set wasn't too good at direction. So maybe oh that translated. They were, they were like because they even put the hand on her back and shit. Oh my god, maybe they seriously were like guiding. They her said that, that the director had a hard time with her. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. That she was like not. She wasn't really good at taking direction from Ruggiero. Okay. So. Oh well, that kind of puts it in a little bit. More she deserved it. She deserved to be. <laughs> How funny. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, she's on there because she's going to be studying this tablet that they found at the bottom of the ocean because I guess they were trying to get this Russian sub that had sank like from fucking, what was it? Uh, uh, Red, red, red October. (laughs) Some fucking shit. And this, this tablet that's billions or millions of years old or whatever. And it's in like a perfect spirit Halloween right. condition. It's it's older than they found it at the bottom of the ocean, which by the way, if it was found there, it would not be in pristine it condition. It would be disintegrated probably. Yeah. They were like, it's like 14,000 years older than any of our oldest monuments on land. <laughs> it's like styrofoam with yeah. spray paint on it. <laughs> so apparently it's Atlantis and she's like discovering it. And while she's trying to like research it, the Atlanteans notice that they're taking the submarine up and they, and it's going to like, I don't know, make people aware of their existence or something like that. So they like start stomping the ocean floor and it causes a tidal wave. Which makes no sense either because the biker gang is is on the island and killing it, people already. So I don't see the story makes no sense. No, I think sense. they got out at that same time. They got, I don't know. But whatever happens, it, it washes over the oil rig and somehow... They survive. They don't show them falling off of it or any struggle whatsoever. Just the fucking huge tidal wave that fucking knocks and obliterates this thing. And the next thing you know, you got Mike Jones and fucking Washington picking up fucking all of these these like five or six people. And that are survivors or whatever. And then they go to an island nearby and that's when shit starts going out of control where these bikers have been killing everybody on the island off. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of weird. Like, I don't know why. Why are they doing that? And they say why, because like one of them's like, we are doing this to get to express our dominance and we are to take back our land. I'm like, you're taking this tiny ass little island right now. Like, why don't you try that shit on land, my man? Huh? Come right. on the mainland and try that shit. You know what I mean? Uh <laughs> <laughs> but this is when they just start shooting them nonstop. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a big old gunfight. But right around this time is when Mike decides, you know, he sees the biker gangs who are act- on the actual bikes, right? Yeah. So he's like, oh, I got an idea. And he, so he grabs this, I don't know, cord or rope or something and, you know, strings it across the road. So the motorcycle gang's like coming up and then they stop and then one motorcycle comes cruising across the road and he, his neck hits oh, the, the cord they and clothesline he gets, him. Yeah, decapitated. That was yeah, kind of cool. It wasn't the greatest. <laughs> well, it didn't look the greatest, but still, I thought it was pretty cool. It was fun. I wish I could have seen more stuff like that. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Like, I wanted to see people's bodies explode and shit. Right. Like, but they didn't have the budget for that, clearly. Right, but this is the, that was the best scene. Like, if, 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 if they could remake this movie, which, by the way apparently Reguero Diodato um no 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 was it him or was it 2072 they got a oh I think it was 2072 they got asked to do yeah so I'll just skip over that I'll talk about that next next movie but yeah if they did a remake of it like it would be cool if they like had bodies exploding and shit like that right. like like real gore like some straight Rambo level fucking you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like the remake movie or the new movie that came out that where he was like older and it was like real violent oh the Rambo movie was yeah it was just oh, called Rambo that's right that was a good one yeah that was like that really was I mean good. it was story wise it wasn't you know well didn't he have to go to Mexico and like rescue the girl from no, the cartel no that's the last one that's the last blood oh yeah. So it wasn't the last one. It was the one. I'm saying it's the one that started the reboot craze <laughs> oh. for all of the Stallone movies. Because like after they did Rambo, they did fucking Creed, which is or they did that. Uh, oh, that's a boxer. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but it's that's you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, now I do. There was one where he was like fighting, holding snakes and shit, and like taking a 50 cal fucking machine gun and just tearing up like people into fucking hamburger meat. Like, like that was the one I'm talking about. Not last blood. Um, but if they could do it like that, then it would be so much better. You know what I'm saying? But to make a long story short, they basically get on and off a helicopter here and there all the time. There's a bus scene where there's people getting dropped on top and they're just kicking them off or shooting them off. Pretty uneventful. Like. There is one scene that I thought was really funny. Is This is what I forgot to mention. So there was one guy on the island previous to this where they found all the punks killing everybody where all the cars were overturned. And they were saying, we're taking back our land, you know. And he was like in a jail cell or something like that. And he tried to help him out or whatever. And he was wearing a yellow bandana the whole fucking time. Mm-hmm. You know, he looked like some sort of fucking street fighter guy. Oh, yeah. Because he's wearing like the, the like black gi or whatever like the mm-hmm. fucking karate karate fucking karate. outfit and uh anyway so he's like follows um mike mike the <laughs> hero over to get some help while washington and all these other people stay and there's some guys that like some atlanteans that jump them and start shooting and they turn around and kill them off pretty quick you know and then and then he's like oh shit we got them all what do we do next and he was like here man take this money and he gives him a bunch of money and he's like, what do you mean? You want my, you gave me my money back. Why are you choosing now to give it to me? 
Mm-hmm. And he was like, it's a long story, because he's been saying this multiple times, by the way. It's a long story, I'll tell you later. And he says it again this time and falls over dead. And then Mike's like, okay, sounds good. And then he turns and he's like, oh, he's dead. Oh, well, that sucks. I better get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like, your life means nothing. I'm, <laughs> I don't know why. I gotta go. It's just the way he fell and the, like, timing of everything. It was really funny to me. I don't know why. Um, that's when Mike fights the glass skull guy because he's wearing this, like, mask that looks like a glass skull or plastic skull Mm -hmm. and it's the shittiest fight ever by the way like there this is a terrible fight Mm -hmm. like there's a sword that comes out of a cane at one point in time and then mike smashes the glass on the guy's face and you see the glass sticking into his face Mm -hmm. a little bit and then he gets meet up with uh muhammad or washington again Mm -hmm. and then this is like another really shitty scene there's like fucking i don't know what they were thinking so they get into the facility of the atlanteans because the atlanteans are so powerful they only had one building underground apparently in this one atlantis place and uh it's so small but this hallway has got a huge fan at the end of it And it's like pulling air, sucking in. So it's like pulling them like they were on a spaceship that had a hole, like a breach in the side of it. You know what I mean? Uh And they were like trying to pretend like the air is so strong. And they're like grabbing each other and swinging each other like closer and closer to the fan. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what are you doing? And then finally, like Washington sticks the fucking, he shoots the fucking propeller And then it, like, sucks in the gun and it, like, flips the gun out and him off to the side. And then the door opens and it's that girl, the the scientist, who had been abducted by the Atlanteans. They wanted her. Yeah, they wanted her to be their vessel to teach all of this knowledge, this forgotten knowledge or whatever. And she's like, I will learn it all. And then he's like, no, you must fight against them. You must fight against them for me. Because they're in love, apparently. Because that's how relationships work in this movie, by the way. Way. you meet somebody and your best friends all of a sudden i guess and or fuck unmarried i guess but oh. she turns some weird dials and disappears and they're like we better get out of here <laughs> and the dome of the island is starting to close right so there's this like cheap miniature fucking island that they made with a plastic gerbil ball <laughs> it totally was. fucking closing around it <laughs> You remember those little gerbil balls that you could like? Right, yeah, you twist it. Yeah, open, you twist yeah. it open and it, it totally would run around. Was, it was totally one of those. I, I mean, it was more clear, but you know. Yeah. It's probably one of the first ones, the prototype, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the, the gerbil wheel ball thing is closing and they're trying to get out of there in time. And Kathy, the scientist, just happens to be in their helicopter for some reason. And he's kind of like, what the fuck? And then they fly out and they barely make it and she's like you're gonna take me out for spinach like popeye right because like <laughs> earlier in the movie they mentioned something about spinach right. that was a totally forgettable scene totally that's a, something else this movie does is it, it takes scenes that it thinks are epic and they're not <laughs> and pretends they're epic so that when you get told the end of the joke later on it doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense or it doesn't make you laugh <laughs> Because it's not memorable. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then uh, Washington's like, do you mind if you guys stop kissing each other while we're flying the helicopter to get the fuck out of here? 
He's like, and they're like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Credits. The yeah i don't know it's just it's a silly fucking movie it was horrible it wasn't even like i don't think it's horrible it wasn't even like a, a so bad it's gonna good. be tough for those of you that aren't into like these 80s movies though we do have another movie though we do have another movie though and that is warriors of the year 2072 these warriors don't come out to play. <laughs> Do you get it? Is that what the fucking tagline is or no, something? No, because the Warriors movie, they're like, Whoa, come out and play. play. I, I knew what you meant, but I was like, did they actually use it? Though? They should have. It would have been hilarious. So the story is, in 2072 Rome, Italy, the ruthless CEO of a TV network plots to stage a modern series of gladiator games for ratings while one contestant learns of a conspiracy behind the true nature of the results. That was so annoying. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. This is also known as the New Gladiators, Rome 2072 AD, Rome 2033, the Fight Centurions, the Fighter Centurions, and many, many more. The tagline for this movie is... No one survives this show. So, this is a movie that was picked up by Troma many years ago on DVD. Really? Yeah, they actually put it out. Uh, it is a movie that is directed by none other than the famous maestro, of course, Lucio Fulci. Your favorite. One of my favorites, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done many movies like Zombie 2, Murder Rock, City of the Living Dead, House by the Cemetery, and many more. You guys should know him by now if you've been following this podcast. This movie is also written by Elisa Briganti, who did some of the final uh, touches up on this. She did also work on Zombie 2. She also did The Bronx Warriors, Hands of Steel, and many more. Ratman, which is a, a movie that I want to cover at some point in time. Ratman? Mm-hmm. Is that like the Scat Man? I think it's the origin story. Oh. That's how he changed his name. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it's also uh, written by, screenplay-wise, uh, by Dardano Sarchetti, who originally wrote this actual piece. Uh, he's also known for doing Devilfish, 1990, The Brox Warriors, Killer Crocodile, Psychopathics, Crocodile 2, The Beyond, uh, The Manhunt, and many, many more. He's worked with Fulci many times. And, of course, Fulci also did throw his hat in the ring. We'll get into that a little bit uh, later when we get into the trivia as to what he changed about it, because it is a little spoilerific. This movie was released January 28th of 1984 in Italy and uh, over many different countries, But it took a while to get to the United States, uh, from what I recall. Some of the cast in this movie, we have Jared Martin, who plays Jake. He's been in many films, including like the World of Worlds TV show that came out in the late 80s to 90s. He was in Westworld, Enigma. He was like, I think one of the, the, he was the uh, therapist in Enigma. Remember when the girl goes to the therapist and falls in love with him? Oh. And we were like, this is kind of weird. That's right. Uh, he was in that, Silk Stalkings, and many more. We also have Fred Williamson, who's in this movie, who is in, of course, Dust Till Dawn, Starsky and Hutch, VFW, which is a big one. He was also in movies like Boss N-Word, <laughs> 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 which I won't say. 
Uh, he also did uh, a lot of different appearances over the Italian cinema. He's he's done a lot all over the place, really. He's even a director himself who did like Vegas Vampires, On the Edge, uh, and and many other fi- action films, to say the least. So. We also have Howard Ross, who also was the bad guy in The New York Ripper. He was mostly an Italian actor that never really dabbled outside of that too, too much. But New York Ripper was one of the big ones where his first, where he first met Fulci, actually. He also did Maria La Immortalita, La Ragazza del Famiga Giallo, and many, many more. We also have... Eleonora Brigliadori, who was the pretty scientist who works for the bad guys in this movie. Hmm. The one with the wig that you like so much. I love that wig. She's like really pretty in the movie, but you can't really tell because she's like kind of acting like terrible. A robot. Yeah. And that's not intentional, by the way. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, she's not been in a whole lot, um, but actually this is her first film the other one before it is a short film actually Mm. she was also in Remini Remini Rally The Belt Beyond Kilimanjaro Across the River of Blood and many more we also have Al Cliver who plays Kirk one of the prisoners he has been in many multiple you know faulty films starting with Zombie 2 Endgame he had a really big part in 2020 Texas Gladiators Demonia House of Clocks Touch of Death and many more Christina, there Uh-oh. is no budget that I could find for this movie, but it did come out January 28th of 1984. Christina, uh-huh. what is your thoughts about this fine film? Well, I enjoyed the atmosphere and the set design of this film. Mm. I, usually miniatures and stuff really bother me, but I don't mm-hmm. know. If it was just so detailed and stuff. I really liked it, especially they did like this, this city scenery. Yeah, of, it like, looked really good. I mean, it Rome. looked like a fucking miniature, but. Well, yeah. And I mean, like they had the Coliseum and shit because it yeah. was Rome. So, and I mean, I know it doesn't look like that, but I thought it was really cool. I like that it, it was done in like central Rome. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. I liked yeah. it a lot. I don't know why. Uh, this movie did remind me a little bit of Death Ray. Mm-hmm. Just uh, the flow of the the bikes and you know yeah. chasing and stuff, and also the Hunger Games. Okay, for some reason, just throwing people in like a death match right. type of thing for no, survival. Those are all pretty much like uh, movies about yeah, modern Royale television and, and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And how like we choose to televise. Uh, yeah, televise stuff like that. Right, which I like. Yeah, this story was like way more interesting than that last one. I did have a uh, hard time following some of the aspects of the movie. Mm-hmm. They didn't really explain certain things, I felt, especially at the beginning. But I think you get, you know, kind of get the point towards the end. Right. But I also did not like how they like dilly dallied to the Coliseum fight because, like, that's what the whole movie's like building up to. Okay. And. Oh, it was like, and then there was barely any. Well, there was some cool stuff that I think happened in between there. That, that was yeah, but you could wait very until character you, development. You could wait until I ask you what I. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I can. All right. I'm just kidding. But it is a so bad it's good film. You know, it was. I, I we thought it was just kind of good. I don't know. But I gave it a six out of ten. Okay. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's actually. pretty good. What about you? Um. Now, I'm, now you can talk. Okay. Oh, okay. I give thank you, you. Thank you, Christina. You're I welcome. Appreciate that. Um. So, guys, now that I'm allowed to speak. 
I mean, it's a future gladiatorial sort of Fulci film, which, you know, there is some gore and deaths in it. Um, some of the dialogue is silly, but, you know, a lot of the story is actually pretty interesting. Like Dardano mm-hmm. Sacchetti, I think I actually wrote a pretty good film. Um, just, you know, even for remaking it, like this movie could be easily remade, although, there is one movie that it has been kind of taken from. Uh, Running Man stole from this movie, by the way. Oh. That's what this is all about, by the way. Oh, is it? Yes. I don't remember that movie. So, yeah, they basically stole pretty much the entire concept. <laughs> We're make it better. Yeah. It, it is a, almost identical to the, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, these were pretty popular apocalyptic sort of films, you know, that were set in the future. You know, part Death Race, I do agree with you there. Part Running Man, obviously, because it ripped it off. And also part Giallo. Like, they have a, like... Ice cream? I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I do that every time. I it's can't not funny. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Giallo. You can you can wait to talk now, by the way, Christina. <laughs> um, there is uh, a Giallo element in it, so there's definitely, like, you know, the, the murderer sort of whodunit thing going on in the beginning of this movie. It's not ultra heavy, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And you find out that later on that that was Fulci's idea. Uh-huh. He wanted to add that, and it caused some tension. Oh. So we'll get into that in the uh, trivia. But, Ooh. you know, it's all action, technology, future world. It's actually pretty good. You know, this one's story is so much better than the last one, in my opinion, that it seems on the surface and then in its characters that are, they're just so much more likable and they mm-hmm. spend so much more time kind of developing them and actually making you care about them a little bit rather than just kind of like go through the motions and make a, you know, I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. it's just way it takes its time. And and, you know, when we checked the clock on this one, we were like, holy shit. There's still a lot left, you know, because we'd actually developed a lot of the characters that you were, you know, they're, they're on the screen. So it's not just some bullshit obligatory thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this one has a lot of money, uh, too, though, as you can tell that the sets that they spent a lot of money on, like you could tell that they, they had a lot more than the last movie. Mm-hmm. Because like Atlantis looks like shit compared to the set designs that they have in this movie. Which, you know, you get to see, like, the workstation of where they're filming and, like, everything's all futuristic and oh, crazy. Wow. And, like, like I'm saying in this movie versus the last right, one. Right, right. Yeah. So, would you say I wow for Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Are you just, what are you doing? Are you zipping out there? Are you going to be all right? <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, I just liked the sets. I thought the sets looked really good. And they were really futuristic. And they also made the arena kind of look new rather than, you know, some older time Rome arena, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, plus they, they decorated up the bikes and put on these guys' outfits and stuff like that. It feels like there was a genuine effort, like a concerted effort to actually make this movie pop. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of moving pieces, so it can be a little confusing, I think, for some that aren't paying close, close attention because the acting isn't exactly like today's style acting for sure Mm -hmm. which is a lot more engrossing i think you know when you watch a movie like this because there's it's more nuanced acting than Mm -hmm. than those days especially for like movies that are trying to be marketed to the united states through italy's italy's mouth essentially you know Mm -hmm. what i mean i don't know but for its time it's it's pretty it's a pretty big movie 
you know, sort of give you the, the, the big story feel. You got robots, TV execs who don't care about human life, prisoners fighting to the death, a lot of camaraderie between the characters that are good or bad and then coming together to fight over adversity. So, you know, the movie actually covers it all. And it, it also makes it feel like the characters earned their camaraderie too. So that I think is a very important thing rather than just instant team members like last movie. These characters really feel like they've been through it with each other and then you know you add some odd silly fun gore and some future like stylings some antics and you get a pretty decent little film one that i've seen before but it's been a long time and i think i appreciate it more now than i ever did before okay so i'm really glad i own this one i really like this one actually Mm -hmm. i haven't seen it such a long time it's probably been i watched it with justin I told you about that. Yeah. And that Mm -hmm. was like, fuck, dude. Like we're talking like 15 years ago. Oh, wow. So it's been a little while. Um, I'd say this is definitely in a higher tier than the, than a lot of the ones that are available. Um, this is a step up from a lot of them. So I like the story enough that it didn't actually feel like a slog of a watch. And like I said, over and over again, I mentioned I like the characters. So saying that to me is something. And I would probably give this movie a 6.5 out of 10 for me overall. Mm-hmm. I definitely watch this one again. If I'm in that sort of like futuristic mood, maybe with something like Logan's Run or, you know, like any of these futuristic movies that pop up mm-hmm. maybe endgame the one with clive uh al cliver did mm-hmm. um or 2019 after the fall of new york oh those are ones i'd like to see too so right but uh yeah so we're pretty close 6.25 yeah. between the two of us so we do have some trivia that'll go along with this movie that i think you'll find interesting and uh we'll add to this of course i got the disc from severin so a lot of this stuff comes from that and a couple of things somewhere else but mm-hmm. um if you don't want anything spoiled and you haven't seen this movie yet so if you want to pick it up a copy at severin you know you can pick it up a copy there it might be up somewhere else online i don't know but i'm assuming since they got the rights to it that they might have taken it down for the time being until they put it back up again at some point whether it be Tubi or shutter or somewhere else you know what i mean but uh for those of you who don't want anything spoiled here's your warning so Dardano Sacchetti was the writer that I mentioned, and uh, the, I had kind of gone over that him and Fulci had bumped heads a lot. Uh-huh. Fulci was a very different individual. He would get, he's very passionate about the things that he did. He was very focused on the stuff that he wanted to do. And, and he was uh, very unpredictable, as Al Cliver would say. So you may get the best of him sometimes and the worst of him other times. It just... You never knew. Mm-hmm. But Dardano Sacchetti and him butted heads a little bit, I think, because Sacchetti might have his own opinions of what he does is better than Fulci or, you know what I mean? And how mm-hmm. dare he? Because when he wrote this script, there was an original company that was going to pick it up, but then they dropped out because they couldn't afford it. And uh, then some other company picked it up. Another group of uh, producers mm-hmm. picked it up, and um, they were going to do this whole Roman fight thing in the in a in an auditorium and like a real one and everything. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't get it to happen, of course, because you just can't. 
Right. <laughs> but he thought his writing was so good that he could get that to happen. And uh, so they, they did the model thing instead, which kind of upset him a little bit. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and Fulci wanted to add the uh, Gayalo element to the movie to kind of spice it up and make it a little bit different. To be honest, I feel like the, the Gayalo element is so light in the film. Mm-hmm. It's the whole Drake story. You know, like what? Well, oh, about the wife. Dying? Yeah, like who killed his wife and shit like that. It but was it, really but it was light. the it was kind of like the perfect vessel to get him to fight in this arena, right? So I don't think it's unnecessary. Like mm-hmm. it actually kind of makes sense. And then he finds out naturally. It's kind of a nice little addition, to be honest with you, right? As a bonus to this movie, to but the story. Yeah, yeah, like, and I don't think Sachetti like really appreciated it. Uh-huh. Uh, that it was in there because he said that he felt like he wanted it to be more focused on how television wants murder mm-hmm. than any other subplot or whatever the fuck that he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that still feels like kind of like the premise of the movie, isn't it? Like, doesn't that seem like the main thing about this movie? Right. I, honestly. But he said he was disappointed with the film, that it didn't get the funding he wanted. And also, he even went on to say that Fulci didn't really care as much about this film as other ones he had done. Mm-hmm. And I think he I think he was just sick at this time. He, he went through some different time, and maybe he wasn't getting paid too much. He was also juggling two movies at the time. Mm-hmm. So he was doing two movies back-to-back. Two movies at one time. Jeez. And a lot of people gave him shit for it, especially Sacchetti, because he mm-hmm. felt like he wasn't dedicating the time to his work yeah invested right which i could understand yeah you know he had always said you know way that fulci directed was like it was always such a big deal to him about every little shot that he did every little thing that he did Mm -hmm. he said he didn't show the same kind of love for this film as he did with other films and he said he himself didn't love the film either sacchetti Mm -hmm. and neither did the producers apparently because it wasn't making money in italy ah I did find out that it did make a lot of money, actually quite a bit of money overseas. Mm-hmm. And they were still making money off of that, too. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He basically essentially called it a bastard child living in the Italian scene at the time that didn't do well. <laughs> but I got to say, I thought it was pretty decent. So, mm-hmm. you know, it did well enough worldwide. So mm-hmm. because the guy who plays Raven, his name's Howard Ross. He was the guy I mentioned that was wearing the, the like S&M Nazi. Oh, yeah. Paraphernalia or whatever. He said that his first film with Fulci before this one mm-hmm. was New York Ripper and that, you know, he really wanted him to play this role because he thought that he would be the perfect like killer mm-hmm. kind of like bad guy. Right. And he would play the villain really well, which I think he did a good job. He played like I the, the mini boss or whatever yeah. pretty well, you know. Howard Ross also said that he felt like Fulci wanted to make everyone on set feel like family, too. That he was open to changing scenes and he would work with them on just about anything. Which mm-hmm. is really funny because, like, when you hear other people talk about Fulci, it is the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, he wanted to drown me. He didn't like me too much because I complained too much about stuff. <laughs> and then I, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he was not a fan of, of diva... Uh, actors and actresses right he would go off and fly off the handle on them uh-huh and uh he would like that was just not a not his his thing he would right. be pissed so it's interesting to hear you know howard ross <laughs> wax about how wonderful he, you know what i mean <laughs> but you know he also said that uh eleonora the uh broglia doria lady or whatever the one that was had the wig that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm 
He said that she was like extremely beautiful, but extremely and terribly mean to him and everybody. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he said that she snubbed him at every single time that they bumped into one another. And he was like, I kept trying to tell her I was like part of the cast, but she just didn't want anything to do with me and thought I was trying to hit on her or something like that. Oh. So he just didn't get along with her at all. And he was just trying to say, be nice and jovial and shit like that with her. So Right. He also mentioned that with his discussions with Fulci, that Fulci did like this movie, unlike Sacchetti said, and actually wanted to make a sequel for it. Oh. That he liked it that much. So it's, you know what I mean? Like you get different reports from different people, different egos clashing against each other. You know what I mean? Weird. Um, Al Cliver, uh, he has an interview on this disc as well from Severin, which I never really get to see him. And he, I think he has, I don't quote me. I don't know this for sure. So don't, and I don't, I feel bad saying this, but he, he has some sort of throat issue where he can't speak and he has to, he has to whisper. Uh-huh. And they were able to pick it up, but I feel like it's almost like throat cancer or something like that. Oh, that sucks. Or the beginning stages of it. I don't know. Don't quote me, guys. Right. But it was a re- it was really cool to see him because I've always noticed him in all of Fulci's films. Uh-huh. He's a very notable character in all of them, including Zombie, which is the guy with the boat and the girl that goes swimming mm-hmm. uh, all the time, like nude or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, but on his interview, he said he, he, he gave a very candid look at his life and his work with, uh, Fulci. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like explaining like their dichotomy, their relationship sort of with each other. Mm-hmm. And he said that their relationship was like Tom and Jerry and that they <laughs> would like hit, like pick on each other all the time. You know what I mean? They're, like tease each other and stuff. Well, no, it was more than teasing. Like they was like very vocally yelling at him. And I had heard this from other people who had done movies with them that, that he wasn't too fond of. Al Cliver, but he was in some other way too. Like mm-hmm. he said that Al Cliver said somebody tried to join in on, on, uh, some of the jokes that he was making against him or, or with him or something. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Fulci was like, ah, no, you stop right now. This is ours. You, you don't get to be a part of this. Oh, wow. You don't get to treat him that way. And I get to treat him that way. <laughs> that kind of attitude. Wow. So it's kind of interesting to hear him talk about this. So he was like, he was like, it was a very demeaning thing that he would do to me. And and in me back at Fulci, he was like, this is our relationship, not anyone else's. He said he just was just a very unpredictable person at any particular occasion. He said he might be, I used to, he's like, I used to go down the street and see him on the street corners at the cafes or whatever. And he was like, he was just a very dirty guy. He just never really washed his face off with like <laughs> after he shaved he would just, just have leave. it on his face you know what i mean that's funny and then he would be like you know you you'd go up to him at the magazine rack and be like oh hello maestro you know and he'd be like what do you want uh-huh. <laughs> or he'd be nice to you you just never really know uh-huh so he was just mm-hmm. kind of that guy and it's sad to talk about him that way but that's just how he was mm-hmm. some some people are just mad geniuses like that right. i mean literally mad <laughs> That's how he was, his work and in personal life. And, you know, if he really liked you, he'd make a lot of eye contact with you. Mm-hmm. If he didn't, he would talk to you, not look at you. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that, so, including Al and uh, who was it? Sacchetti. So interesting. 
We do have some scenes that we're going to talk about for this movie. Uh, Christina, do you have anything up front that you want to mention that you liked about this movie or did not like about this movie? I liked in the beginning when they were like going through these TV shows uh-huh. and they showed one where this lady was uh, getting her head decapitated and then it just ended up being a VR simulation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was a TV show and she it was a game show, I mean. Right. And I she lost was cool. because she got scared. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I know you would think like, why would you like but what do we know if she feels anything or doesn't yeah, feel anything? Because it actually shows It is the future. Seven seventy two, that's pretty far in the future. <laughs> they weren't too far off with right. like, you know, some of the stuff, the technology they were doing though. Right. Well they didn't have cell phones, so I mean Yeah, that's true. I mean if they were more accurate about it. But anyway. <laughs> that would be cool. I just, I think it's so funny too the way the future is detect, uh, dictated in the eighties and it, or the seventies and eighties, and computers oh. were like massive. Well, because yeah, because we were moving through technology so fast in certain areas that they they assumed that it would right. be you know at this pace like ten years after. Right, but I I think it's funny they didn't downscale, they upscaled. Right, were in actuality. This is a downscaled. little bit more on a on a on the like real side actually yeah of the future right yeah because then they have holograms and stuff yeah and the vr stuff because they had they had they did a couple scenes where it was like virtual reality i thought that was really neat but you know virtual reality is kind of like had a long history Mm -hmm. um even before the 80s and stuff like that so but yeah yeah i don't know i thought it was interesting just like i don't know like he said I feel like Sacchetti did a really good job here. Like he really put his all into it. So I can understand why he would be upset if, if, if the director didn't give it his all. Mm-hmm. I, I would be a little upset if I spent that much time on something too. Right. And they didn't do it credit as well. Right. So. And then the, the scene of the wife getting killed, that kind of didn't make any sense because it was like five guys and they're like snapping their fingers. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, what? What? Who? What are you doing here? When you're a Why jet, you you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from your exactly. first cigarette to your last dying day. <laughs> I remember you saying, "Is she gonna get raped or something?" And I thought like, so because there's like five guys encircling her. Like, right, and I mean, didn't they just like stab her in the neck? And then they were like, out "They of didn't there? even show what happened." They just she just screams. She backs behind a uh, like uh, the the kitchen uh, island. Yeah, she's coming. And then in the blood. next thing you see is Drake coming up with flowers out of the car to give it to her mm-hmm. and she's just like up against the window with blood on her hands and like has this goofy face that she's dead and he's like what the hell and <laughs> and like later on what i love is that they have like some sort of computer technology that can follow you around mm-hmm. because it's used to following drake i guess because he's part of the entertainment he's like one of the producers or something no no no. he was one of the entertainers when they were doing like lesser non-violent it was still like violent like they were racing but they weren't like you know trying to kill each other and cut each other's heads off and stuff like that it wasn't as violent as this new gladiators thing but they had this camera following him and, and they show him like breaking through the glass by himself just walking through the glass out of like help her like you gotta save her and he just slams through it and i'm like who would walk through the glass like <laughs> why'd you use the door yeah like try see if the door works first dog like you don't need to get your neck cut up and shit like that's some fucked up shit 
But yeah, and then they try to blame it on him so that they can start this whole new gladiator program where they can take prisoners who are, you know, in for the rest of their lives from murdering people and then pit them against other fucking prisoners who are, you know, in the same predicament. And they wanted to have their star athlete, which is sort of like the Arnold Schwarzenegger running man guy, right? Uh And didn't they kill his wife in that one? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure they killed his wife in Running Oh, Man. I don't know. I don't remember that movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Oh, well, obviously, if they stole from the story. Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, like, they go, he gets into that machine, they drop him down into the show, and then he's got to battle all these guys. But yeah, it's very similar mm-hmm. to that, just not as... I don't know. Do you have Running Man? I think so. I'm pretty sure. And if I don't, I thought I had it. But anyway, so they, they put these guys all together and they start scooping them up and then like, they, they like put in this situation where he's like, gotta figure out who killed his, you know, girlfriend and shit. Uh huh, his wife. Yeah, his wife. But then that's the funny thing is, is like, when he's getting all this shit put on him, some scientist lady, the, the Eleonora. Mm hmm. He's, he's like hitting on her. Like, yeah, I know. It was direct, weird. The day after she's dead, his wife is dead. Yeah, he's, he's hitting on the fucking scientist. But that's okay because he's a man. Right. Well, that's yeah. true. That's a good point because women aren't worth shit. Right. They're right. disposable. <laughs> Just add water. Go get a new one. <laughs> this but one. I, I still have to, to avenge her, her death. I need to get laid, but I still need to avenge her death. Okay? Right. Exactly. That you still he cares enough that he would at least avenge her death, guys. Right. Or it's for yeah. the or ratings. make it seem that way so that the girl will fuck him. Right. Maybe that's what it that's was. That's probably what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I just thought it was funny that he's, like, hitting on her, like, right after. And then, like, they have this camaraderie where they're, like, picking on him because he's the one that's not a prisoner. And they're like, you need to learn to fight and kill. And they're trying to make him a killer because they put him in this, like, fucking holodeck thing where they, Mm -hmm. like... like he's like on the starship enterprise or whatever doing the holodeck and he's fighting somebody and they're like kill him those are the guys that killed your wife you gotta kill him and he's like i didn't kill them then and i won't kill them now my god (laughs) why are you here they're basically trying to break him to make him kill like he did before but he refuses proving he never killed before and they set and they set him up you know they (laughs) that's right the fucking raven guy is like even at maximum psychological pressure we can't crack him because he's (laughs) just that good (laughs) i fucking love that but after that that's when uh drake he gets jumped by his teammates you know, mm-hmm. for not killing in the holodeck because they're like, that's weak. You're going to die now. But the one dude, <laughs> while they're picking on Drake, he karate chops him right in the head. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do you remember that? And then oh, he, that's right. He just instantly drops on the floor. <laughs> I just thought uh, it's just so silly to me. I, I'm sure it hurts. You know what I mean? Right. But that just seemed like too much. Yeah. You know? <laughs> too much. That's when, like, the Proteons or whatever come in and beat the shit out of them. And, you know, they zap them with the magic stick in front of the, uh, like, these doorways that are kind of like you would walk through to just check to see if you have a weapon on you or something like that. Mm -hmm. But they're disintegrators so that if anybody tries to walk through them, they're invisible and they die. (laughs) And so, like, everybody's, like, glad on throwing all of their items of clothing through it for some reason. I don't know why. Like, oh, we'll just get more gloves and pants and things, you know, <laughs> just to show you how dangerous this is. <laughs> Couldn't just get like a nut or a bolt or something and chuck it in there. 
So the the scientist lady, she's like dabbling in his head and she figures out that Drake really didn't kill anybody mm-hmm. and that the computer or somebody made the computer mistranslate everything. Yeah. And he's like set up. And so she tries to tell her boss, who is the like the the main sort of bad guy. Mm-hmm. But he's not the guy. Oh, he's the guy that's like before the big, big, big bad guy. Mm-hmm. Right? Right, right, right. So I'm trying to think of like what the characters' names in Running Man are. But I think there was another guy in between that was like trying to like fight Arnold. Oh, I don't know. Who was like the head of the TV. I want to watch this Running Man now, though. Yeah, it, you'll see. You'll see. It's very mm-hmm. similar. But anyway, she tries to warn her superior about it, but he's he's actually seems like he's in on it. Like, because right. like, immediately after, like, they let you in on that he, he knows more about it than she does. And so there's, like, a scene where, like, Drake's mechanic comes to figure out how a way to bust up, you know, the electronics with some sort of magic trip mm-hmm. chip or whatever. And this is where we got that death race kind of vibe yeah, yeah because like the mechanics like actually helping him and it right. kind of reminds us of the mechanic in, in death race yeah but he's definitely he's no ian mcshane let's put it that way <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know what this like if he can get in that kind of technology like they could have been out a million times but yeah. then you find out that it's like all a ruse anyway and so like each of these people that are trying to help them break out like four times like are just setting them up for entertainment on the tv show right. that they don't realize that they're being televised every second of the day <laughs> so they're like putting them through the ringer and shit to like fuck with them and punish them and stuff like that mm-hmm. they even punish these four guys for trying to escape by Putting them like hanging on poles for hours on end until they can't hang on anymore and they just have to let go of the poles. And if they do, they touch the ground, which is, is electrified mm-hmm. and it won't kill them immediately unless they stay on there for too long. Mm-hmm. It will kill them, but it's pretty strong. And so one of the guys falls, Al Cliver, who plays the, he's in one of the guys in there and. They like save him by picking him up and getting electrified each and have him hang on their on their arms holding onto the pole. So they're like <laughs> oh, that's right. sharing his weight between the two of them. Which I don't know. It was just kind of silly. And that's when Sarah decides to take matters into her own hand and go check out the guy who created the computer. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, obviously something's wrong. The computer that's like videotaping this whole show and, and having it run or something like that. They've, they've obviously misprogrammed it or something. And I need a way around it. Can you help me? And she goes to the creator and he gives her like, a prototype tool and some microfilm With microfilm in 2072 <laughs> because microfilm was supposed to be the dominating yeah they thought theme. it was they thought that was like new technology back in the <laughs> 80s christina that's a pretty big oh. deal but they had fucking vr helmets in there too so yeah they did where's microfilm at guys we don't even use it today maybe <laughs> it's gonna have a it's gonna come back maybe Wait, I got confused. Is microfilm the little discs or mm-hmm. is microfilm the projection where you put the like the photograph and then it like projects? Oh, it's okay. So it is that. Oh, yeah, that that will totally overtake the Internet. It's going to come back. It's going to come back, dude. Maybe we'll have some like big the big the big uh, outage that'll like take all of information oh, offline out. and then they're going to be like, it's the microfiche. <laughs> The microfiche. The microfiche. It's the only thing that saved us. Some jackass named Don McConnell. 
is like fucking been taking all the information and putting it on microfiche. And so he is our savior of our information. He is the Google. Oh my God, this like totally reminds me when I, my first job in pharmacy, mm-hmm. we had to use, they still used microfilm and they had, it had the big projector. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I can and imagine. And DOS. And it's like, we have the internet. Welcome to Why the, Why do uh, I have to use this? But oh. I'm kind of glad I did use it because I know how to use it now, you know? <laughs> well, that's that, the reason you did that is because they have government contracts. Oh, no, 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 this is a regular pharmacy I worked oh, at. It was okay. like Walgreens. This when I worked at Walgreens. They still use that. Anyway. Anyway. So back to the film. It's like we're talking like we're the last 20, 30 minutes of the movie, and it's the showtime. All the gladiators come out on their bikes that are decorated in butterflies on the front. <laughs> they totally look like butterflies. <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck? But they do have like swords jammed in the front of them, so that's kind of like, cool. Skulls. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, they're like silver hats and silver pants and they're silver fucking bikes. This is the future. Yeah. <laughs> but they name off each contender and their crimes, you know, make it juicier so that, you know. And then they like start jousting. Just shit. like Running Man, by the way. Um, very similar <laughs> to that. After the, the, the bikes, they clash and they do hand to hand combat sometimes. <laughs> so they like fight each other with swords and hammers and shit. And like one of them, like one of the bikes like wrecks and decapitates themselves on like spikes. <laughs> and on it, the butterfly shit. Yeah, people are getting run over and shit. <laughs> and it's just like these like fucking, you can tell it's like metal bodies right. that like are shaped into something, you know? It's funny. It is pretty funny. And then didn't Sarah come running out? In the middle of the no, bike? not yet because oh. she they did the chariot they did the chariot oh, the bikes, chariot ri- racing or which whatever, is basically yeah. like where they had like a, a bike si- it was a sidecar bike right but they made it into a ch- everything looked like a chariot <laughs> so like they're 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 leaning like they're heavy on one side so you can see the actors had to to lean their weight mm-hmm. on it like when they were going around turns or it would have tipped over and the bikes are going super slow too because. They probably had a lot of problems with the bikes overturning. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> there was one scene, though, where one guy gets a rope thrown around his neck and he gets dragged behind. And then some dude with a flamethrower out of nowhere just pulls out a flamethrower <laughs> and sets his fucking ass on fire, which I thought was kind of cool. Like, uh-huh. But where the hell did he get the flamethrower? It must have been in the chariot. <laughs> Those things come packed. <laughs> Anyway, that's when Sarah shows up on the bike and tells him that they're going to disintegrate all of them after the the event anyway. Mm-hmm. So they start picking off the, the proteons and, and chase down Raven, who eventually gets stabbed and run over, which was pretty glorious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that part. They even trap the head guy. His name is Cortez. That's the guy I was trying to think of. Oh, the okay. buffer between the main guy. Uh-huh. I was like, it's not me. It's Sam. The real head guy. The real head guy is the guy that's on the monitor all the time, which happens to be the computer. It's AI. And the computer is, guess where? On a satellite. In space. Space. And they're like, he's like, come and get me. Ha ha ha. You'll never be able to get me. And like. And uh, then Jeff Bezos gets into, <laughs> gets into his and fucking And he saves rocket. the fucking day, people. <laughs> 
because he, get, he gets in his cock rocket and he saves yeah, the fucking day. Because you know he's still alive in 2072, motherfucker. Right. Because of you. Because of all of you yes, people. Yes, thank you for Amazon buying my Amazon products <laughs> so I can live forever. Everybody's so pissed about him I saying that. Know. I'm like, he's actually being kind of honest when you say that, you know, because mm. at least he said it. Right. At least he admits it. I'm not, I'm not like fanboying over him or anything. Trust no. me. But, but anyway, so they, they, they break into the room where the computer is supposed to be and they use the prototype key to get in there. And Monk, their mechanic, is all of a sudden a bad guy or being controlled by the computer because he's got, he's got like fake, um, he's got like fucking computer eyes because mm-hmm. he doesn't have regular eyes. They like replaced him. For some reason, but I think he's being controlled by it. Anyway, they yank out his, they bash his head and yank out his eye to find a memory bank. And then it has a shutdown code. Literally, they find it 30 seconds before the goddamn thing fucking exterminates all of them. And it's like, oh yeah, because they had the Fitbits, right? On. <laughs> they have these armbands that are. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, if there were Fitbits like that in the future, Jesus Christ! You know there will be. They, the government's trying to control us, Alex. Uh, okay, tinfoil. Let's calm down. <laughs> they burn them on their skin. Okay, first of all, so it like burns around their wrist. Like what the? It like fuck? attaches to their wrist. Anyway, thirty seconds before it blows up, they figure it out. They send the code. It destroys the. It destroys the satellite and it kills the computer just in time. Just in time. Nick of time. But the only reason that they survived is because the computer up in the space satellite couldn't send the signal to destroy them in time because there was a two second delay. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what they said or something yeah, like something that? That's so stupid. And then at the end, him and that girl, Drake and that girl, go off to have dinner together or something like that. Doesn't she? Yeah. Happily ever after. Yeah. I don't know. It's silly. Uh, honestly, like, this isn't, like, the best movie ever. I mean, Running Man is definitely better. Mm-hmm. I think. Are Although there is some good things. Yeah. Oh, okay. A lot of people are in that movie. It's actually pretty cool. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah. I mean, this is still a pretty decent film. It's the one that started Running Man. So, at least, mm-hmm. if you're interested in Running Man, you might want to check this one out, at least to watch it and see what it's about. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'd give this one the win for this week to the Warriors of the year 2072. I give it to this one, too. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's definitely an, uh, it's way superior. better movie. <laughs> Very much so. Um but it's, yeah, guys. It's superior by five points. I would love to hear what you guys think about these movies if you've seen them. I'm sorry if we didn't like Raiders of Atlantis. You know, different strokes for different folks, I guess. But, you know, I still enjoyed it, just not nearly as much as this one. And it's funny, too, because I was really expecting this one, mm-hmm. the, the the Warriors movie, to be the one that I was not going to be happy with. Right. So kind of surprised me and kind of shook it up a little bit. So honestly, I don't think anybody should watch these unless you're fans of uh, of Italian cinema anyway, mm-hmm. because I don't think it's it'd be a great one. But maybe if you're a fan of Running Man, maybe you'll want to check out Warriors of 2072. So um, but yeah, appreciate you guys coming by each week. Don't forget to sign up for the giveaway that we're going to do. So be ready for the ninth when we announce the winner for that. And we'll, of course, you know, write you guys and let you know that you won and send that out to you directly wherever you are, whether it be the United States or somewhere else, whatever. But we'll reach out to you first. So make sure you check your emails, uh, bef- you know, and don't throw the, 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 the emails we do send to you in spam or that's it. 
<laughs> you, then you lost. You won't be able to be able to subscribe <laughs> for it. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for coming this week. Next week, we're going to have a brand new start of a franchise. Um, one that we've done the first movie, I think, and we did one of the other movies in it, but I feel like this one should be digested from start to finish all of the scanners movies. So we're going to do scanners one, two, three. Ugh, and Scanner work. Cop 1 and 2. The following week. The following week. So the 9th, we'll so do the last two. a lot two. of scans. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of scanners for next week. Scanners, I don't think that you can watch unless you rent on Amazon, but it might be somewhere, the first one. Scanners 2 is definitely up on Tubi, so if you want to check that out, you can check it out there for free. As long as you have your, you know, you're going to have to watch the commercials and stuff like that, but boo-hoo. Um, and Scanners 3, The Takeover, you can watch on Tubi as well. So maybe the first Scanners will be on that one, but at least you got those two, uh, that you can watch on there and, uh, that should be good enough. So if you want to check them out, I think the first Scanners is worth a rent anyway, cause it's a David Cronenberg film. Mm-hmm. But other than that, guys, check those out. We'll be back with a brand new episode of BTV. Thanks for coming by. And as always, Rock with the boy.